Hi, my name is Tommaso, your student host for the My First Year Story podcast. Here, I'll be sitting down with people who have the answers to your college questions, give me advice as a University of Connecticut student by telling their own first year stories during our conversations. Today, we are welcoming Micah Human and Ashley Gospodarczyk from the Academic Center for Exploratory, Exploratory Students, excuse me, or ACES. Micah is the Director of the Major Experience, or TME for short, and the Assistant Director of the ACES program. Ashley was once a student in the ACES program and took this class to find her path. Now she's a senior with the perfect major for her. Micah, Ashley, we're so glad to have you in the studio and to talk to us about your experiences at UConn. Would you please introduce yourselves to our listeners, name, pronouns, hometown, and which famous person, dead or alive, you know, spooky for Halloween, <laughs> would you have dinner with and why? All right, who oh, wants to start? Okay, I may need you to ask me some of those again. Okay. That's fine. Micah Human, mm-hmm. pronouns are he, him, his. I, you said work, right? Or just... Hometown. Hometown, okay. I'm from Champaign, Illinois. Okay. Where University of Illinois is, yep. okay? Um, so I'm from New England. And a uh, famous person, dead or alive, that I'd have dinner with. Yeah. Um, okay, it has to be my dad. So I know he's, nice. he was my best friend. Um, and so he passed away about five years ago and I'd love to be able to see him again. So it'd be really important. To me. Good answer. Okay. To follow that up. <laughs> now I'm sad, Micah. <laughs> um, I'm Ashley. She, her, hers from Newington, Connecticut and a dead artist that I would want to see is um, Juice World or Jared Higgins. Oh. Yes. Real name. A real name. Um, respect. He, his music just brought me through a lot of things during my like chaotic last few years and it was the only consistent thing. So it'd be nice to have dinner and thank him. And I know his death hit a lot of people hard because, you know, he was our age and he talked about relatable things like mental health and consequences of drug use. So I think that's really important. And we all kind of felt like we lost a close friend. So Some very thoughtful yeah. answers to kick yeah, off this actually. episode after I, I stumbled through that. <laughs> All right. I had to one-up him. You're right. You did. You won. <laughs> oh, no. You got it. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so let's dive into that uh, interview. So starting with you, Micah, can you describe what TME is, including a brief history and its sort of evolution to where it is today? Yes. Um, so TME, the major experience, uh, was actually created by Harry Twyman, who was a previous advisor in ACES before me. And he's now actually director of advising at Southern Connecticut University. So he's on to bigger, better things. Uh, but still a close friend of mine. He actually just got married. I got to give the speech in his wedding. So it's nice. I know. Fancy. (laughs) Um, And so TME, we really saw um, that students coming into ACES, sometimes they felt like they were taking a step back. And so we wanted to create a more exploration center or group of people that people come to that felt like it wasn't a step back. And so we also realized we want to have mentors. So we have, um, we're called TME Student Mentors. Now, they don't, aren't assigned students, so it's a little different, but just anyone can reach out to them and ask them questions because they're in all the different majors on this campus, just about. But we have a whole lot of things on the website. Right now, it's mostly just a website, but we do have some things coming up in the future, which I know we'll talk about a little bit more later on. Yeah. Um, but we're constantly trying to improve and create more with the TME website because we know a lot of students don't know what they want to do or think they know what they want to do, and we believe every student should be exploring. Yeah, this is such a wide net yes. right yes it's like um so i'm in the art school and they don't let you declare until your second year because you might come in illustration major and leave a welder you know right you never know mm-hmm. exactly um uh, but speaking of aces why is the wording emphasis on exploratory rather than undecided yep i uh, really believe in wording right and so want to take a positive focus on it right so i think when sometimes people say undecided they think undecisive and they think all these other negative things like they can't make up their mind we don't think it's that way at all 
we think it's that students should be exploring. And exploration is honestly, the, to me, the excitement in life. Yeah. Like we should all be exploring the rest of our lives. It should never stop. And so we want to get students excited about this process and not feeling like it's something that they're taking a step backwards and doing. Right. It's more positive. Yeah. Words, words have meaning. They do. 100%. Yeah. And Ashley, what brought you to UConn and what factors influenced your decision to enroll here? Be okay. honest. I'm going to be honest. Be honest. <laughs> so I transferred here from UMass Boston after my first year. And I did not want to go here. Um, this was the last school I wanted to go to because growing up in Connecticut, everyone goes to UConn. Right, yeah. And I needed to go somewhere else. I needed to get away from everyone. No offense. If you know me. <laughs> didn't, didn't mean that personally. But I just wanted a fresh start. So financially, I couldn't stay out of state. I came back in state. And I just chose UConn because... Again, going to be honest, it seemed like there was a lot of respect for this university and graduating from UConn as opposed to other universities, which I now see as a flawed view, but I didn't realize it then. And that was enough reason to go here as opposed to other universities and kind of be seen as, quote, less than. Right. It's a big thing. Like from my high school in my town, UConn is the state school. Right? Mm-hmm. But then when I started telling people to go to UConn, they're like, oh, okay. Right. Oh, come on. <laughs> you're smart. Right. And I was like, what does that even have to do with anything? Right. Yeah. It's just the name of the school. It is. But so you got here, you enrolled. Mm-hmm. And then how is the ACES program different than other exploratory programs that other schools you apply to? So when I applied to other universities, I didn't go in as undecided. I kind of picked random majors that I liked. So I applied to UMass Boston as a marine bio major, which is nothing close to what I do now. So my first interaction with the ACES program wasn't until I came here. And honestly, it's been only a positive experience. And I don't think I would have gotten anywhere near the path I'm on now if I didn't come here and join ACES first versus going into marine bio or allied health sciences or any of the other things that I had thought I liked because I liked one thing. Like just because I liked sea otters, I wanted to do marine biology. What was I thinking? I don't know. That is really how it feels senior year of high school. You're like this 17 year old self, Mm -hmm. 18 year old self, let's make the decision for my life for the next four years. But um, because like I had the notion in high school where it's like, oh, this is what you're doing for the rest of your life. But um, I worked in so many places over the summer and it's just like, no, it's just what's next for you. You're not going to end up there. Yep. Um, Okay, so paint that picture. Your first year here, you show up, you're in the ACES program. What are a few things you learned working with Micah? Well, honestly, nothing. No. (laughs) Ouch. Honestly. Honestly. I'm sorry. That was a lie. First lie of the interview. Um, I learned a lot from working with Micah. I think my biggest lesson he taught me is that controversial but your major doesn't really matter there you go (laughs) and it took a lot of convincing i don't think i actually believed him until i took his um making major decision no making major decisions (laughs) then i believed him because he said it every week so (laughs) it was hard for me to get past the idea that this one choice was going to affect the rest of my life and i better make it right say it again Say it again for the listeners. This one choice <laughs> won't ruin your life, I promise. All right, so you just mentioned the Making Major Decisions course. Why did you choose to take that, and did it end up helping you with the major you have now? Well, honestly, I just listened to anything Micah told me to do. Wow. So okay. during our first meet, uh, he told me about FYE and then this course. So I was like, okay, boom, enrolled. That there was how go. that happened. 
And I was pretty desperate to figure out what my major was going to be, especially going into my sophomore year. Right. Time was running out. I was getting stressed out. So the class helped me a lot. Um, we took a lot of like personality tests and one of them like corresponded with a list of majors that might work for you and communications was on there and I didn't know what the hell it was. So I met with Micah and I said, hey, what is this? <laughs> and he told me to look at all the courses that affiliated with that major and they seemed interesting. So I did that the next semester, took some of his courses and not to spoil the story, but that is what I majored in. <laughs> okay, reveal. Spoiler yeah. alert. Major reveal. Yes. Major. <laughs> uh, pun intended. Mm -hmm. All right, so now kind of flipping to you, Micah. Tell us about your educational journey from your bachelor's to your master's, now your doctorate in educational leadership. What is the highlight from these experiences um, that kind of taught you something about yourself and your work today? It's yeah. a loaded question. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, so I have a bachelor's of science in psychology from the University of Illinois. Again, name dropping, but doesn't matter at all because who cares? No one asks me anymore. <laughs> um, and then I actually went and got my master's of arts in psychology at a tiny institute in Northern California. Very hippie. Back then, it was called, get this, the Institute of Imaginal Studies. Ooh. So we said it was like our imaginary school that we had imaginary students in, you know, to yeah. imaginal psychology. Um, I, in my undergraduate experience, I'll go back to that real quick. Um, I really didn't love all my psych classes, didn't get a lot out of some of them, most of them. Um, but I joined a program that really got me excited in life. Um, and that program was very hands-on. So we got to do workshops for students. We got to work with students on probation. We got to present at the Big Ten Counseling Conference. And that's why I was like, oh, I like doing this, but what is this? Right. I didn't even know. Like, and there wasn't. I didn't, it was just so I knew ambiguous. I liked, yeah, it is. And, and at that point, still, all I heard was I knew I needed to go on and get a graduate degree in psychology if I want to do anything with it. That's what the message was for me. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll go on and get it. I will say the first graduate school I went to was Sonoma State University, and I didn't like it, and I dropped out after a semester. And we went out to Northern California, my spouse and I, and just because we wanted to get that way, right? Tired mm -hmm. of being around in the West. And um, we landed a job working with six teenage girls with emotional behavioral difficulties, which was a real treat. It was That's very scary. challenging. It was scary. <laughs> yeah. It was super scary. Um, there were lots of moments where I was crying at night and being like, what are we doing? Yeah. But, you know, through all, all these experiences, I just start learning about myself, which is really what, to me, college is about, is starting to learn about yourself. Don't worry about the major, but learn about who you are. And you have to have experiences to do that. And so I um, went on to this amazing graduate program um, that was very, again, indigenous wisdom-based, um, ecology-based, nature-based. So it's a lot of, like, doing meditation and breathing. Um, we had arts. So we did some amazing artwork in there related to psychology. But I still left it having no clue what I wanted right. to do. You're just like knowledge. Yes. But what else? Yes. What else is there? And, uh, and so then we moved back to Illinois, my family. And we're just because um, we couldn't afford to live in a house out in Northern California. Of course, who yeah. can. Yeah, exactly. And my spouse is a social worker. So, right, she has a master's in social work and um, at the time. And so we moved back to Illinois. We had our first child and had no idea what we we're going to do. So I started looking around. I was a substitute teacher for a while. Um, and it was fine. Didn't my, it was okay. It didn't, wasn't like thrilling, but I love working with the students, to be honest. And then I ended up going into the field of social work. So I worked with families in the juvenile justice system and the, and the foster care system. Then I started teaching at University of Illinois. Then I became an advisor there. Now, mind you, listen, I applied to University of Illinois, like I must apply like to 20 positions. Right. It's awful because every time you apply for a new one, they show you all the ones you've already applied for. No. <sighs> Just to like rub in your face like, oh, I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. Cool. I'm going to apply again. Cool. Yep. Um, and so I finally got in. And really found that I love working with these college students. Really? Yes, I'm looking over at you, Ashley. Yes. Um, 
Whoa. I know. And I, 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 I literally fell in love with them. I mean, I just love working with this population. And so, um, but then we got real tired in the Midwest again. And we're like, why did we move back here? We were there for like seven years. Like, why are we here? And we fell in love with the East Coast. And not saying it's perfect, but um, we've really liked it. And so came out and became an advisor here. And I just, I'm now a little bit over halfway through my doctorate program, educational leadership. The reason I'm doing it, um, there's a couple of reasons. One, my dad always wanted one of his kids to get a doctorate. He was a PhD. And I was kind of like the only one in our family that realistically was going to do it. But now my niece is doing it too. She's going to side a psychology doctorate at University of Hartford. Name drop again. Name drop. Um, <laughs> and, but honestly, just being here, um, it's, I get to make these relationships. Like, Ashley's not my advisee anymore. Yeah. Yet I get to see her all the time. Yeah. Right? And, and she still comes to see me. And we get to get together. And that's like, we had coffee over the summer. That was so meaningful to me to catch up and hear what she's doing. Guys, he's not paid to see me anymore. Yeah. And he still sees me. <laughs> um, that's for you. Right? Yeah, it is. So I just, I know. And I have, you know, it's, it's amazing. I love building these relationships. Right. I, I hope to be lifelong. Cool. Yeah. And then you mentioned sort of your work in social work. What inspired you to focus on social justice? Well, it's a mouthful. Social justice. And have uh, have your experience in social work aided your job performance at UConn? Did that help inform that? Oh, yes. Yes. Having some of that like counseling social work background, because when I'm not afraid to talk to students, when I see that they're looking stressed out, I'm going to bring it up every time. You know, what's going on? Is there any self-harm issues? And there's any suicidal ideation, any suicidal thoughts? Because I never want to live with that on my conscience that I didn't ask a question when I should have. So that's definitely helped me a lot. Um, social justice. That is a lot of my dad again. So he was um, did a lot of work in the civil rights movement, um, anti-war movement, March with Martin Luther King Jr. And um, we're Holocaust survivors. I'm a second generation Holocaust survivor. So I was raised with the notion that I, I'm going to use Martin Luther King Jr.'s quote, injustice um, in anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And meaning that if I see something happening, I got to do something about it. I can't just ignore it. And so that's been a passion of mine. I mean, it's not just how I live my work life. It's how I live my personal life. I can't, I can't escape it. Um, I look at the world through a critical lens, um, and I, I believe that we're not perfect. We have a lot of work to do, but that is worth fighting for. Right. Um, and that we need to keep doing that. Yeah. Personal question, yeah. breaking from the script a little bit. Okay. How do you handle, because that's something I'm dealing with every day, is like just like learning about everything and like having to face that and just feel kind of suffocated because so much is going on yeah. and so much injustice is being faced. Yes. Like, what do you do? <laughs> yes. No, that's a good question. Well, one, I'm white, cis, hetero. So I get to go home a lot of times in the day and I can choose to turn it off. Right. Um, now, I don't most days, but I can. Right. That's like a choice of mine. So I acknowledge that. I have a lot of privilege with that. But there's days, I mean, I'm reading articles left and right and I'm immersed in it um, and supporting my son who identifies as trans and, you know, all the work that he's doing in this um, world because he does a lot of work going to companies and talking to them. And so, you know what? Self-care. Yeah. Social work taught me that, too. Self-care and you need it now as well. So my family going home and going on walks with our dogs and my spouse. Uh, my spouse is my best friend and soulmate. She, we've been together over 21 years and I love her more today than I've ever loved her in my life. Oh. And I mean that, yeah. <laughs> Ashley, you know, she's heard me say it even in class. She's like, shut up already. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but that she, she they're my, my whole family. They're my, my escape yeah. um, and nature's my escape. I have to be outside in nature at least every day. Um, again, we have the privilege of saying that and doing that here, right? Not everyone gets that. But it is. It's exhausting. I've read through different research and it's it's disheartening, right? Yeah. It, it's hard. But I realized, but what's the other option, right? This is my one life. And, and honestly, I'll steal a little bit from like some of the books I've read, Black Joy, right? And then even going looking at Jewish joy right back in the concentration camps. So even in these worst settings, in the ghettos, right, right. people still find joy because that's their choice in life. Yeah. 
And so I choose to go through life with joyful, even though I'm looking at all these hard things. Fair. All right. Sorry. Back, <laughs> yeah, back to the back to about aces. So this is kind of question for both of you talking about major experience. What does the making major decisions class cover and how is it structured? And how do you see making major decisions course fitting into the TME philosophy? Who wants to start? Do you remember, Ashley? Um, well, yeah. you know, it was a few years ago. Um, I mean, I remember doing a lot of group work, which was hard in the beginning, especially, again, as a transfer student. As a, When I was a freshman going into a whole new school, for some reason I was so social, and then I came here and I had so much anger, so I didn't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. She did have some anger in class. Yes, I yeah, did. People from Connecticut. I, I can't believe I'm back with them. Right, and I would just come to class wearing all black like it was my funeral. I did not <laughs> want to be there. And you could ask Micah, like I would go to his class and cry about it. I just didn't want to be there. But group work really forced me to learn more about other people, including myself. Super beneficial. I guess Micah knew what he was doing. Um, and, you know, the personality tests and learning more about myself, I can't thank him enough for because, again, that is what helped me figure out my major. And I also kind of learned how to be my own friend during a time where I had no friends. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so Micah. the oh class, well, class is pretty good, but that's all I remember. Don't quote me. <laughs> yeah. And I will say Ashley was going through a tough time. Like she would come to my office. And cry. Yeah. And I think, oh, we're making this great connection, right? I'm like, oh, like we're connecting. And then I go see her in class and she'd be stone faced. I'd be like, did yep. I upset her? <laughs> Is she frustrated with me? And then she'd come to class, come to my office next week, connecting, connecting, then go to class. Yeah. And so I was like, I had no idea what was going on there. So I eventually called you on it. Yeah. Like, What's going on? I just wanted to be mysterious. <laughs> I wanted attention. Let's yeah. go <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I can fill in the blanks. You did a good job. Thanks. Cause okay. I mean, I, I will guessing. say yeah, right. <laughs> it was educating guessing. It was, no, like it is. So it's divided into three sections, essentially yourself, majors, careers, and, and throughout all three of those, you're interweaving all those together. Right. So it's just cause the, you were exploring yourself at the beginning, majors in the middle and careers at the, at the end. We're still bringing back what we learned from the beginning into the end. And that's a really important part to it. And in a lot of its hands-on activities, getting people out there talking. So a big part is networking. So we're having them reach out. They have to reach out to TME mentors. They have to reach out to either professor or alumni. We do a whole alumni and TME mentor panel. And so these things are, again, just getting them connecting, getting them out there having these experiences because that's that's what exploration is. Exploration is not this really clean A plus B equals C, right? It's like go out there into this event, go talk to this one person, and, and all of a sudden you hear about what they're doing and that sparks an interest in you and, right. that, and you go with it. And that's what it looks like. So it's just trying to get them to understand that. And once they understand that, then they can go and figure out what they actually want to do even outside the class. So the goal of the class is not to get it down to one major. Now, I will say if you're a second semester sophomore, I'm going to be working with you a little bit faster to get, get down it. a little bit more, right? Because there is some pressure to get done sooner. But if you're a first year student, we got time. So let's get it down to 20, 10, you know, and then but as long as you learn how to explore and learn how to continue to navigate those and take them down, then we've done our job in that class. Right. Because college, you show up, may pick something like because you like sea otters. She loves them. Love them. So, and then you get here and you're like, what the hell did I just do to myself? Exactly. And then there's that fear, right? Where you're like, can I even back out of this? Is yes. this is this going to be the rest of my life? Did I make the yes. worst decision ever? But the aces and this making major experience seems to break down those sort of stigmas. I don't it's know if that's goal. the right word. Yeah, I think they're stigmas. They're mm -hmm. myths, I they're agree. stigmas. Yeah. yeah. Pressures from family. And so as you, as a college student, did you struggle finding your major? And uh, if you did, how does, it's a lot of how does that inform yeah. you now? Yeah, you know, yeah, I didn't know what I, I first I was going to do because my brother was, he was an engineer, he is an engineer. And so I was like, oh, I'll be an engineer. And like, 
man, my brother like playing with like doing math problems during the summer with my dad. Like they used to do like yeah. as big. I'm like, that sounded awful like, to me. I want to go hang out with people. Now I'm going to go play. Same. Bye. I'm going to go skateboard. See y'all. Yeah, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And my parents would tell me, oh, you're good at talking to people. So you should go into psychology. I never explored though. Right. And it really, nothing. And so I remember taking some of the personalities things, which we do, do we do in our class. Um, and I do see some value in them, but I wasn't given guidance about what they're really about. And so I take them and I could like change it depending on what I was interested in each week, right? right? So, oh, this week I'm interested in business. I can make it say I was going to do, wanted to, I should go into business. This week's psychology. So... I don't know. I ended up going into psychology, but even then, if looking back, I would have done a different major. We'd done human development and family sciences. We didn't have human rights there. If we did, I would have done human rights um, or social work, right? right? Um, but I say all this to say, just because I would go back and do things differently, I still got to where I am today, Hindsight and I love where I am right. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't have regrets. I just know, oh, knowing what I know now, I would have done it differently. But right. no regrets because I, I love where I'm at. Right. Do you wish you had got here sooner, or you think it's worth it? You know. It was rough being a social worker, um, not because of the people I was working with, is the people I was working for. I was working for a tough agency. So I was doing advocation. They're doing like, there's all kinds of garbage happening within the agency that I feel like I was fighting for too. But no, no, because all these skills, I think maybe the advisor am. And I, I don't, I'm not saying I'm the best advisor out there. I don't believe that by any means. I have lots of room to grow, but I, I like what I do. And I know that comes across to my students. Ultimately, they know I want to be here and they're not like inconveniencing me, right? I want to see them. And and that's because the that's led from the work I've done. It's so heartening too because last episode we had um advisor and a student from School of Engineering. Yes. And it's it's great to see these advisors have such good relationships with these students, especially if the schools are smaller or it's programs like ACES. So I don't mm. know. Just a little yeah. side note. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, we're better. So <laughs> you heard it here first. Right. Okay. Well, I guess there'll be some School of Engineering yes. ACES battle later. Um, but Ashley, so when you're in this making major decisions program what majors did you hear and you were like absolutely not oh anything math (laughs) science i mean after my first year thinking that i wanted to be a marine biologist and then being in biology i (laughs) i was like oh i forgot biology is a part of marine (laughs) biology i just was thinking animals water cool (laughs) so that really made it obvious that i can't do anything science related it just has to go unless it's social sciences otherwise right. it's got to go so those were automatic turnoffs for me did you feel like you know like in tinkerbell when like the magic hammer glows did you feel like when you found communications you're like this oh, could you're be you're asking me to remember stuff from tinkerbell <laughs> no, i'm sorry that's, that's my fault it's yeah host. it is your fault don't do that <laughs> I told you she's honest yeah. <laughs> and I know we talked a little about before the episode, not completely remembering your TME mentor, but do you think mm-hmm. that the TME mentors help those freshmen and sophomores? You think without that, it wouldn't be the same program? Um, I mean, definitely because you're making connections. Uh, but I think, you know, this is a question from Micah. Okay. <laughs> well, no. And again, I, it, it's, listen, our TME mentors, it's not set up that you have a one-on-one mentor, right? It, it's set up a little differently where anyone can reach out to any of the students in these majors, right? right? So it is a little different. Um, and I, I will say we're actually going to look to change some things up within ACES too, which again, we can talk about when we get to that question. But yeah, the team of mentors, I'll tell you why we use them is because not all the students are like Ashley would they actually listen to me because I'm just an old man here. Right. So, I but they no do. Friends. Yeah, I exactly. No I was, yeah. She always just said, Micah, you are my friend. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. We need to improve that. But, um, students will listen to other students. Right. Yeah. So I could say something and you'd be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then a student would tell you and be like, Micah, guess what the student told me? <laughs> like, I just like, told yes. you that, Ashley. What are you talking about? <laughs> so 
we really utilize them for that reason that we know y'all listen to students sometimes more than you listen to us and that's fine. But we want to make sure you listen to students that are giving you actually good advice. Right. Because you know how many times I have a student come in my office like, oh, my friend or my like mom or dad told me I just should do this. You know, I'm like, no, it changed since they took it. Right. Please, no, no, don't listen to them. Like, I'm sorry. I know they have the best intentions. But so we wanted to make sure we had some students that were trained to actually not give advice on courses, but but talk about their experiences. Yeah. Because that's what you should be asking about. What are their experiences? That's like? always a big thing. Right? My mom was like don't tell your sister how, how this teacher is. Like, let her make her own decisions for herself. Yeah. It's like, sometimes it's truth, and sometimes the teacher just hated you. Yes. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Professor. Well, sometimes it's good to avoid a few. Yeah. Right. That's why we have Rate My Professor. Okay. Yeah, right. you're right. And those SCTs at the end of each semester. Yes. Yes. Out. All right. So this is the question, too. Where do you see the future of this major experience program? Where do you see the future of ACES heading? Yeah, that's a good question. So we're going to be looking a lot into this. Um, during the pandemic, it's all been about, like, reaction, unfortunately, and, yeah. like, survival. So we want to move from surviving to thriving, and that's kind of the goal. So one thing we've looked at is how students really do need and want some structure to the exploration model. So I know we have this class, but not every student takes this class. And so what we're going to be looking to do moving forward is actually offering uh, an exploration program where we're going to get previous ACES students, juniors and seniors, to actually come back and mentor our incoming students that are in this program. And so they'll have to meet with these students. They'll have to take the one credit course. They'll have to meet with one of the advisors throughout the semester. And then they'll have to go to a certain number of events right. um, throughout the semester as well. And, and again, we're just look, we're just starting to create this. So it's going to be brand new. Um, so I don't have all the details worked out yet. But again, the idea is to give them the structure. Right. Because FYE sort of, like FYE itself sort of does stuff like that, but not as focused right. as what ACES and yeah, this and class might do. Exactly. Exactly. And so this whole program, we really want to give students that. And, and the other thing we're looking to do um, is we don't have a we don't do a good job of staying connected with our ACES students. So right, most of them they get done with us and are like peace. peace. Yep, Goodbye. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Not me. Not me. <laughs> not Ashley. No. Not me. And and you know and so we we don't do a good job. So what some of the things we want to do is we want to look to have like um, declaration um, parties at the end of the year, right? So every student that declared their major come back, have some cake in the atrium of Row, see your advisor again, connect with us, nice. right? Um, and in the future, maybe we can ask you for some money, um, because <laughs> no. I, I do want to start a scholarship fund in ACES. Um, we don't have one right now and I want to support students that do want to explore cause I do believe in it. Um, but there's a motivation to get out of ACES, to get into a program, which has more scholarship opportunities. Right. So we do want to do things like that as well too. Um, making sure we're equitable to all students. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And so actually not where do you see the major experience going, but where do you see, you probably get this a lot as a senior. Where do you see yourself going post-grad? I want to know this too. Well, I hate this question. <laughs> I've always hated this question. I think it's unfair. Um, I just, I've learned to be okay with it because now I kind of see my future. I don't want to be in a closed box. And that was always my fear with picking a major. I don't want to pick the major and be stuck with it for the rest of my life in one career, a nine to five. That's scary. Maybe I want that for two years, but then what if I want to do something else? Right. Yep. So in the next five years, I don't know. I'm thinking about applying for a program, maybe going for my master's. Okay. Micah told me to do it. Again, I usually listen <laughs> like, to okay, him. <laughs> but um, it really doesn't matter to me. And I know that's a privilege to say because a lot of people are – you know, go to college to get a degree, the right, and make the money, and they they need to be financially stable, and that's okay. But I I don't really know what I want to do still. Maybe I want to be a teacher. Maybe I do want to go somewhere with my comm degree. I just want to be open to the doors and never be closed in a room. Right. If that makes sense. Especially coming fresh off this pandemic, 
were, which oh, were still in, you right. realize you can't really plan anything out. Like mm-hmm. I remember yes. freshman year, I was like, I can't like look forward to the end of the semester because the end of the semester could be tomorrow. Right. right. So that foresight is kind of out the door. Yeah. And now she's not giving, you're not giving yourself enough credit. Now, come on, like you're saying, oh, you have this privilege. You've been working your butt off yeah. with not a lot of support <laughs> from family at all, doing this on your own, living on your own, working like again, this full-time job and then coming here and going to classes, making it oh, look easy on. at times. Yeah. I, I'm just I saying, just, you've had a, <laughs> I, I just, well, just want to give you credit where credit's due too. Like you don't have all the privileges I had. If you want to talk about privileges, right? I know I didn't have any student debt when I left, right? My <laughs> parents covered it all. Never had to worry about any of that. I guess I'm just trying to say my perspective on graduating is different. I right, just want sure. to be in a career that makes me happy versus, versus for money. For money. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. But in all honesty, and I hear that, I, I think most students should be looking at that. And I, I get there is some privilege to that, but then the day, I, this is our one life to live. True. And I want us to be happy. And I know, again, if you're talking about why well, I need to support my entire family, right. you need to make a little bit more money. And right? those two things might not be mutually exclusive. Right. They could be, you could make a lot of money and still enjoy we your hope. life. We exactly. hope. We yes. hope. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the goal. Cool. Um, so now moving on to our closing questions. Thinking more big picture. This is always my favorite question to ask. What do you think the purpose of college is? Ooh. Do you want me to go yeah, first? Do yeah, do it. I want to hear what you have to say. It's okay. exciting. Uh, the purpose of college. See well, <laughs> let's think. Not good at that. Um, I think, I mean, again, Micah had mentioned this earlier. I think college is a super great opportunity to discover yourself and grow. Um, I think a lot. there's a lot of pressure on making sure you have good grades and get your degree, yada, yada, yada. But I think going to UConn during my transfer and taking like my FYE course and learning about all the resources UConn has to offer, you know, LinkedIn, resume, all this uh, networking opportunities. Right. And then, you know, going to, um, what are they called? Clubs. Oh my gosh. Oh, yes. Clubs. Clubs. Oh, right. Clubs. And learning about yourself through that and meeting new people, you know, I don't know. College is cool for learning about yourself, and it's a really expensive way to do it. But that's true. Hey, I know more about Ashley now, so that's cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. You think it's worth it? Yeah, worth, I, th- I think coin. it was worth it. Yeah, it's okay. worth the coin. That's good to hear. And UConn is such like it's such a great way because it's such a big school. Especially if you end up living in the Northeast, your network is huge. Yeah. Yes. UConn alum, like that's a big. Well, thing. it's a little scary. I won't lie. With all these people. If you don't put yourself out there, you're not going to make the networks. But again, I think that has to come with you need to figure yourself out, know yourself, and then be confident enough to talk to other people. Yeah. And then you get it out of, you know, going to yeah, get your you get money your worth. worth. Yeah, you get your you connections. But yeah. make sure you know yourself first. You're getting you animated now. I love this. Me? Like more hand gestures this time? You yeah, think you're I like, look like a cartoon? You know, you look like a teacher. Oh, I'm just saying. Possible She's getting career excited. Advisors. Animated. I'm just Interview saying. me in five years. I'll let you know. Yeah. Future advisor. That is the mm-hmm. future advisor. Future advisor. That is the second Stop. layer. <laughs> it's like college is learning about yourself, but also then applying that yep. out there. Mm-hmm. But now so, your so. advisor's answer. No, I mean, I don't know if I can answer it better than that. I. Oh, stop. I think, no, I, I, you, you, you said it perfectly. It is. It's about exploring yourself. Again, I think we focus it on like it's supposed to be about your major. Right. But it's not. So learning who you are in this world. And, and and I think at the point of learning it, it's learning that this will never stop learning, right? right. So you start learning about yourself now as an independent human being, but then it, you realize that, oh, it just carries on the rest of your life. And to me, that's not stressful or nerve wracking. That's exciting. Because if you already knew everything already, then what's You'd the point? You'd be bored. Yeah. It's boring, right? 
So we don't know. So Ashley doesn't know, but she gets that. She understands at the point now where it's like, it's kind of exciting, right? She's going to figure it out and there's no stress. She'll, she'll get a job because she's been networking. She'll figure it out and, and she'll keep going with it. So it is, it's about learning yourself, but you do, you're right. You have to get out there. Yeah. And, and I know that can be difficult for some students too, right? Um, you know, students are more introverts, so it can feel a little more nerve-wracking, even to go to a club, yep. right? Um, they're more one-on-one people, but there are opportunities to do that as well, right? Go into, you know, a Connects mentor, and then you can work with students one-on-one in probation, right? Um, yeah. And so th- there are ways to do it, but then it's also about getting out of your, un- your comfort zone. And I think there's a big thing is I don't let fear be a decision maker for me, right? So, oh, I'm nervous about doing this, so I'm not going to do it. No, that's that's never going to be my reason why. Jump. Right, yeah. See what happens. Okay. And, it, and if you fail, <laughs> the, that's the other thing. It's like... The, I hate failing. It's mistakes. And mistakes is actually the other way of looking at it. It's learning. Right. That's how we learn. So let's get all those languages, those words out of our head. We're learning. And learning means we're not going to know the answer. And if you already knew the answer, then why are you here anyways? Right. Right. Um, and so, listen, when students are telling me, you know, the ultimate question, right, what's an easy gen ed or how do I just get through these? Why do I need to do these? Because we want to expose you to other things yeah. in life. Um, but part of that is going to the clubs, um, going to organizations. I had a student, um, my uh, my FY mentor, I think it's her roommate or someone she knew, was like, they got to, uh, the ticket to go see Biden. And they're questioning if they should go. Oh, my like, gosh. where else do you have the yeah. opportunity to go hear the president of the United yes. States? Yes, right. Well, Friday afternoon. Another yeah, <laughs> Friday afternoon, what are you doing? I don't know. But again, but it's an experience, right? That's like, right. why are you Something here? So you did. And that was a... I was recently invited to speak at... Uh, so welcome speaker for the Fine Arts House. We had an open house a couple, nice. uh, a couple of weeks ago. And one of the questions I got after talking was just like, how do you get out there? And one thing that was pounded into me before coming to school is put yourself out there, get involved. So you can see I'm hosting a podcast, I'm like doing all these other things. And then I'm walking around with friends on campus. They're like, how do you know everyone? And it's like, well, I got involved. So I know people in so many different circles and it makes campus such a friendlier place. And yes, it may be hard for students who are on smaller campuses or online. And it was definitely hard in the pandemic. I mean, last year, being in a single, like, yeah ghost town on campus but it's like there's still people out there and going to go find them so i think it comes back to your confidence thing and like networking Mm -hmm. and how uconn shouldn't be being a uconn alum i don't think it's a scary thing i think it's like power you know you have this whole twenty-four thousand research whatever they say research one yeah university behind your back (laughs) kind of telling you like you can kick ass in the world yeah and you can i mean you talk about alumni right we have i mean go on linkedin if anyone right yeah 163,000 alumni every day yeah Yeah. (laughs) I mean, but but again, that's you need to put yourself out there. Go talk to them. Right. Go reach out to them. It's, where, it's why you it's why you go to UConn. One of the reasons, right? All those experiences. And here, here's something I always tell students. As my last plug, I I say this in every presentation I give. See your uh, whoever takes care of you. They get their first cell phone. Okay, never owned a cell phone before, and they're gonna go out and they buy an iPhone 13 Pro Max. And you're like, whoa, okay, first cell phone, cool. Let me let me show you how to do all the things that it does. Right, download apps, get online, do all that stuff. And they're like, no, all I want to do with it is make phone calls. <laughs> No, no, like wouldn't you, yeah, yeah, right. You go up to them, like, give me, snatch that phone out of their hand. Yeah. Like, I'm going to treat it like it's supposed to be treated. Here's a flip phone. Make all the calls you want to make. Well, UConn is your iPhone 13 Pro Max. True. Right? So doing all those things, going to Center for Career Development, going to Academic Achievement Center, right? Those are things like downloading apps, texting, right? Going, going to professors' office hours. Yeah. Right? But so few students take advantage of it. They treat it like a flip phone. And, and, and I would say, make the argument, I'm sure people hate me saying this, but if you're going to just come here and get a degree and get out, go somewhere else. That's a great analogy. I'm sorry. Yeah, I throw it all the time. I know. I'll take credit for it. You know I did how many times I've heard that? Yeah, quite too many. I know. I apologize. And <laughs> yeah. some of the other students have heard it way too many times too. But but I feel like it's a way to understand it. Um, you know, students, when they say, you know, get to miss a class, right? And they're excited. Do you understand? Right, that's, that's like a, hundreds that's of dollars you're flushing down the toilet. 
Like literally, that's hundred. Yeah. When else? When else in your life you're gonna say, "Oh, here's a few hundred dollar bills." Eh, no, I'm good, right? And remind them. Yes, I do remind. Them, right, it is a privilege you get to be here. Now you deserve to be here. Four short years. Yep. Short. But take advantage of it. So yeah. short. Oh, when students start complaining about because the weather starts changing, it's raining out and it's cold out. Oh, don't <laughs> get me started. I walk, I walk, I park behind the ice arena. Yes, we have to pay for parking here. That's one of the few lots is free. So yes, I'm too cheap and I like to walk. So I park over there and I walk in and out and if, I don't care what the weather is, but it reminds me every moment when I feel the rain, when I feel the heat, the cold, it, it shocks something in my body. It says, wow, I get to exist in this moment. I get to be here. Wow, how lucky am I? And I want all the students to realize that because none of this should be stressful. I realize it can be, but remember to get out there and explore, but you explore joy in your heart, right? right? You get to do this. Through the fears of the failures yeah. and all that. Especially for students in high school who have had a super easy, like me, I'm someone who cannot crack a book and <laughs> pass a class, but I still, I trash on my high school sometimes. But, <laughs> um, it was always like a uh, very competitive like environment and I just never subscribed to that. So getting to college and seeing my friends, stuff who are engineering majors and nursing majors freak out over... An exam, I'm like, this is like one hour of your life that mm-hmm. is a really long life, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's hard to have that ability to see, see it, it all. It is. And I will admit, right, certain grad schools, they want to see some certain GPS. True, I can true. admit that. But once you're done, no one's going to care what your GPS. I, I don't put it on any of my resumes and yeah. no one ever asks me because that's like, that doesn't reflect who I am. But yeah, I see students just crushed when they get their grades, right? And they're not a great grade. But I'm like, you are not a letter grade. Yeah, you are a person. No, but we've been, t- you all have been taught to. True. Right? If you get an F, you're a failure. If you get an A, you're smart. Even if you didn't have to work for that A, you're still somehow smart. I'm like, but why? You didn't do anything. But why? Yeah. Wow. You got an easy A. You didn't learn anything. That doesn't make you smart. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> Round of applause for yeah. you. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and then the next question, our signature question we ask all our guests. You're all first at something, whether it's first to go to school, first in your family to go to school, anything. What are your guys' firsts and how has that impacted your story? You got it, Ashley. Um, Take it away. Well, I guess my first is I'm the first generation student in the family to go to college, graduate with a degree. At least that's my plan this semester. (laughs) Um, Hopefully that doesn't change. So... I mean, that's been super impactful, not only in the positive way that I'm honored for my family, but that's been a lot of stress and pressure. And with both of my parents, they're divorced. So they both have different ideas and plans for me. And I, I it's like I've been torn for years. Do I do what my dad wants? Do I do what my mom wants? You know, and then this whole immigration mentality that they've come, they work their asses off for us. Right. Like, we need to go, we need to be doctors, we need to be lawyers, we need to be these crazy positions that make high-ass pay to take care of everybody, and we need to be financially stable because they didn't have that. It's like all this pressure is just a cloud over our heads, and it's like, okay, what do I do? Do, you know? Right, where you have, you're only thinking about that, not what you want. Right, so it's nice being a first and having, like, I did it, but also oh, that was so hard because I had to pick me and not them. Right. It's your thing. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Those pressures. Yeah. I know. They just, they, they get at me, right? Because I know they're so real. Yeah. And I didn't have any of that. Well, well, none of them. <laughs> no, I was well, so privileged, right? <laughs> okay, Michael. Good for you. <laughs> you want to hear what my dad told me when I was graduating high school before I went to college? He said, um, I will write you a check for $6,000 if you want to ride a motorcycle across the country as long as you have a purpose of why you're doing it. That's the flexibility and privilege I had. Right. They didn't care at all. 
No pressure. I know, right? Yeah, you're like, whoa. I would have yeah. took the check, man. I know, right? <laughs> right. Right. Right into the sunset. No, but I was such a, I'm going to call myself a chicken. Like, I was terrified to leave my hometown. Like, it wasn't until I met my spouse that I felt the courage to leave my state. Like, I wasn't like you, Ashley. I didn't have that courage. I mean that. I, I admire around. you so much. I don't know much. if it's courage. I just I, to No, get it out. is. That's courage. It is. It takes courage. Thanks, yes. Guys. Again, don't set yourself short. So I admire it so much. You asked about first. I mean, look, I told you my dad has a PhD, so I'm now getting a doctor. Um, I don't know. Um, my first don't seem as big of a deal. I was first to be but a DJ. It's still important, though. Okay. I was the first DJ. I had like turntables, right? I got all into it. I was a raver back in the day. Cool. Yeah, I know. Back in the day. Um, We're going to bring it back. I was, like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, no more. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, right. I was a troublemaker. Um, still am a little bit. I'm a rule breaker. Probably the biggest rule breaker in my family, I would say. Um, they're all kind of following my footsteps now, which is weird. My brother and sister are nine and 12 years older than me. And like, they got on me when I break rules younger, but now they're breaking those same rules. I'm like, okay, come like, on. I did it first. Yeah, yeah I was just gonna exactly. Say. Thank you. Um, I don't know. You know, I will say, and, and I'm not going to bash on my family too much. They're they're all amazing. But um, I, I know I have something special with my spouse. And so I will say, I know my mom and dad feel like they were soulmates to each other. Uh, I feel like my spouse and I, Sarah and I, are really the first to be this type of soulmate. And our family is closer than any of my other families. So I, know this, I don't know if those are first, but those are what matter to me. Yeah. Um, I'm the first advisor in my family. Woo. True advisor. Yep. Uh, first to get an EDD, so that's an educational doctorate. But um, I don't know. I think that's... Yeah, we are, count. are a lot of firsts. You're made up of a lot of them. First out in New England. There you go. Yeah. Left the Midwest. Yeah. Illinois. That's shit out of Illinois. No, you can shit on it. Oh, <laughs> they have deep dish. It's yeah. Fire. No, okay, they do. It is. Oh my God. Don't make that face. Connecticut. Connecticut pizza. Well, fly over to Chicago okay. and have their deep dish. Yeah, I haven't had real I have not been to a good pizza place in Here? Connecticut. No. In well, Mansfield. Not in stores. Yeah. Sorry, Papachinos. Oh. So I mean, Blaze is fine. Don't even talk but to me like, about Blaze. I mean, no, I'm saying it's 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 edible. It's not pizza. It is a cracker yeah. with sauce. You and have cheese to go to New it. Haven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, New Haven's have pizzas with oysters. Well, no, clams, clams. Clams. Maybe oysters? I yes. go there for IKEA. I don't know. Oh, okay. Frank Pepe's. Is, uh, yes, maybe. that's the name. That's of the place. It. No, to go. we have good deep dish pizza. Is good stuffed pizza. Deep, it's good. Deep dish is awesome. Well, my favorite is Italian, though, too. So that's ah. different. Well, okay. I'm not trying to brag. <laughs> well, now oh, he's wow. just climbing the ladder. So. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then, uh, do you have a piece of advice for our first year listeners? Ooh. You can go first on this I one. Go first. Yeah. Explore. Explore. Right. Um, I, I'll say game. explore, but also say get out of your comfort zone, learn about other people, um, go to the cultural centers. Take mm-hmm. advantage of them. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, I hate when people think the cultural centers are just for those cultures, those individual cultures, right? Um, it's not. They're for everybody. Now, mind you, there might be some group meetings that are just for specific people. Right. So do not go to those pop- if you're not part of the population. Know your, know your place. Yeah. <laughs> know your place. But go and learn about it. I mean, I don't, you know, we're gonna hear about some kid having some ridiculous costume, you know, over this weekend, right? Just and it's just like, what are you doing? Right. Um, and, and we still know, you know, after our microaggression research that we conduct on this university, that there's still a lot of issues um, and we see them every day. So, you know, get out of your own comfort zone, learn about other people. And I think once you can start talking to people, you start having empathy for them and you, and you realize, one, we are not that different. We're much more similar than we are different. But when we can put ourselves in other people's shoes and start really looking at the world through their eyes. We get a better sense of where they're coming from and realize it. And that's kind of the cool part about college. I was having a chat with a friend the other day and I was like, I think it's easier in high school like because you know the people so well. He's like, I actually think it's easier in college. Like you show up, you're strangers. So you feel like you could like really c- confess and like tell yeah. them mm-hmm. everything. 
whether that's a good thing to the people or a bad thing, that's up to them. Yeah, because you but it's a start fresh over. start. Yeah. yeah, you start over as a person. And so I, I will say for all the white students listening, I'm going to get on them for a little bit as a white person myself. You are at a predominantly white institution. All the spaces here are created for you. It's exactly. So you need to realize that you need to how much privilege you do have. And yes, I'm not saying you don't work hard. I'm not saying that at all or trying to make all the work you've done insignificant. But you have got to realize that a lot of students are their only people identify that way in a class and how alone that must feel. And and they also deserve to be here. They work their tails off. I don't want to hear this. Oh, they got in for a quota. We don't do that. They earn their way in. Everyone earned their way in here and um, they all belong here. Everyone belongs here. Um, but please, white students, keep learning. Keep learning. I'm not saying any other student doesn't need to learn too, but the pressure's Especially, on the white students. A little yeah, bit more. My white cis hetero students out there got some work to do. Mm-hmm. It's it's up to us to make the changes. It's not on everybody else. We have to. Boom. 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 I said that. I said what about it. you? I said first it. year, because you, you weren't here, well, you were first year your sophomore year, but mm-hmm. so any advice for transfer students? Oh boy. Be your own bestie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really hard making friends and I was a commuter and my commute was an hour long. So, hard. Yeah. right. And so I would commute an hour. I'd be in class all day. I'd work on campus, which by the way, working here on campus was one of the only ways I was able to make friends in the beginning, but I'm still friends with all of them. Super nice, hardworking people, but making friends was really hard and I didn't really get out of my long slump until I started focusing on being my own friend and it was like it was so hard because I hated being alone I'm such a social person I love being with other people I missed my friends from my old school and so moving forward you know I couldn't see Micah every day of my life that's just not not, right so you know had to figure it out and the gym, Jim was my other friend, yeah, me and the gym, back. right? We were the <laughs> classic duo of the semester. And I started to, you know, like the way I looked more, I was more confident. And thus I was talking more in my classes, started making friends. It was like, whoa, this, I actually kind of like UConn. I kind of like being here. And you know, the gym is awesome. The four floors. I work there. Right. Oh, wow. Do you? Yeah, I'm a fitness instructor at the gym. You okay. are everywhere. Yeah. Right. Well, tr- trust <laughs> me. That's where I'm going after this. I'm going to go teach a dance for class. No way. Yeah. That's cool. Well, you know, I don't do that. But <laughs> <laughs> did hit the gym a lot. So, I mean, once I was my own friend, it was easier to make other friends and, you know, kind of feel more on campus because I know being a transfer student, you do not feel like you're part of the school and commuting, you definitely right. don't feel like a Husky or whatever you want to call it. You just, it, it's so hard. It's so hard. But I think that's my advice. Do you feel like a Husky so yet? Good. I feel like a Husky now. Okay, oh, good. It took, but it, I won't lie, it took time. <laughs> woof, woof, woof. Yeah. <laughs> it took a lot of time. So uh, be patient with yourself. Good. I love that, Ashley. It's so good. Yeah. Get to know yourself, right? Yeah. I'm kind of cool now. You know, now that I know. <laughs> I think you She's were cool always the been whole cool. Time. Yes, she was. Really? She was. Yeah. It didn't take the whole interview to get cool. <laughs> no. No, no. Okay. Last question. But it's not my question. It's your question. You get to ask me a question. Oh. Flip it around. You go first this time. Um, okay. I already know your major because that was going to be one of my questions. Right. right. So what made you choose your major? I've been talking about this a lot past the week is at this open houses. <laughs> but um I was so originally, I always loved to draw growing up, and I did like theater in middle theater in middle school and high school, and thought I was going to go be an actor up until my sophomore year. But I also had this really strong passion for graphic design, passion for graphic design, whatever. Um, which whatever. ironically <laughs> came about because I was supposed to take an animation class my freshman year of high school, and it was full. 
And so the next class I wanted to take was this design and tech class, which was like Adobe Photoshop Illustrator, all that stuff, and loved it. Um, and really responded well and found I had like this really like just knack for it. Um, I had a great teacher, Carla Eichler. Shout out. She's you kind of love. Nice. Um, and kind of took those classes until I couldn't take them anymore. Did an independent study in high school. And when I realized I didn't really want to be an actor because I don't think I could deal with all that rejection. <laughs> it's a lot. I was like, well, I'm really good at this and something I really enjoy doing. Let's do it. So I now I'm here at UConn doing art, which nice. is so much fun. I just um, built some shelves in my sculpture class to cool. install some work. But yeah, Is acting in your future? Maybe. Maybe. My mom is convinced that I'm going to end up on some talk show. She's like, you just talk to people so well. I was like, and that's why I wanted to. That was the thing. In high school, I had a couple of passions. I like to sing, dance, and act. All those things. So I'm an acapella group. I host a podcast, which is like the acting thing. And I teach dance fit at the gym. So I found I was like, carry those passions on and get involved here. Same way. So yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Yeah. You never know. Everything's open still, right? Yeah. It's beautiful. All right. Sorry. Swallowing. That's okay. <laughs> um, well, for me, right, the only way I could break out of my shell was telling myself that no one cares. Because right. let's be real, no one cares. We're all so concerned. You're so right. Right. We're all concerned about ourselves <laughs> and like the spotlights on us. Everyone's looking at us. Nobody cares. But once I realized that, I was doing a lot better with talking to people and dressing how I wanted and walking how I wanted, you know, walking my own talk. Yeah. So I'm just curious how you broke out of your shelves since it seems like you do a lot on campus. Well, I've always been a real talker. You <laughs> could tell me I was like from little, when I was little. But um, no, I dealt with that a lot. My In middle school, I had this, I was like on a FaceTime with a friend and she I had said some like self-deprecating joke and she was like, you, you know what, you're mean to yourself a lot. And I was like, oh no, she caught me. <laughs> She's like, this is not working anymore. So from that point on, I was like, okay, if you're going to be mean to yourself, it invites other people to be mean to you too. Yeah. Then you feel shitty about yourself. So you're, it's a vicious cycle. So yes. I was like, let's stop doing that. So once I stopped doing that, still made myself small in certain spaces for other people. I was like, let me make myself more palatable. Over the summer, I was having a conversation with a friend. She was like, when do we get to just be ourselves, like our unapologetic selves, where we don't have to sacrifice any part of our personalities for anyone. Like, and then we're just like, old people do it a lot because they've lived their whole life. They don't, yeah. don't, they don't care anymore. Yeah. And don't. I was like, I don't want to wait till I'm old though. Like mm -hmm. time is too short. Mm -hmm. So I was like that day, I was like, tomorrow, just do whatever. And from like that point on in the summer until like now, I've, I just noticed myself being more, more my own. And I totally think that realizing that nobody cares about you Mm -hmm. It's a big thing. Like mm -hmm. I walk around this campus, I'm like, everyone's got their headphones in. Like right. nobody's listening. No, no one's listening to each other, <laughs> no talking one, to each no other. No one's even looking up. No. <laughs> no one cares. No. So I just like, I'm like, I'm going to take up as much space as I want. Me, and at the same time being conscious and welcoming to other people. Yeah. But I deserve everything. Yep. I deserve to be listened to. I deserve mm -hmm. to be loved. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I got here. That was a good answer. That was a good answer. Mm -hmm. But thank you so much, Mike and Ashley coming out to the podcast today that's all i got for you you gave me a lot to a lot to work with but thank you for listening and as always roll skis thanks for having us thank you thanks. <laughs> the my first year story podcast is a production of the university of connecticut's undergraduate student body in collaboration with the office of first year programs learning communities the Academic Achievement Center, and the Learning Community Innovation Zone. Our co-producers are Casey Jaycox and Hannah Peterson. Our staff advisors are Cody Ryan and Helena DeBald. 
For more information on our podcast, to meet our entire staff, and to listen to more episodes, visit fyp.yukon.edu backslash mfys. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at yukonfyp.